Welcome back to Journaled Out Loud, where I'm your host and your friend, Lexi Naomi, but you can just call me Lexi. I hope you all have had an amazing week. I hope some of you were able to implement some things from the last episode into your routine this week. If you haven't listened to last week, please go back after this one and give it a listen because I think it's super important. Um, We have finally reached the season one finale of the podcast. I know the season was relatively short, but if you know me, and probably if you listened to the first episode, you know how I feel about numbers. So I just felt like seven is my number. That's, you know, the number of completion. So we're just going to cut it at seven. Um, now, I had a lot of ideas regarding this episode, but I decided that going forward, I would set this episode as sort of a precept for the next season and possibly even after that, because I believe that rejection is rooted in so many issues that we have, and it's this uncontrollable pro- uncontrollable part of the human experience and I think it hurts so much because God's original design is love. God's original design is unity. God's original design was for his creations to never be without his presence and in short Satan just kind of messed it up for all of us. So we deal with rejection and we deal with it in so many different areas of our lives. So I'm going to talk about um, three different forms of rejection parental rejection, self-rejection, societal, or relational rejection, however you want to put it. These are not psych terms as far as I know. These are just, you know, terms that I use in my mind and I'm going to explain them all as I think about it. Um, I'm also going to do something really vulnerable and special and I'm going to be reading some of my journal entries from some years back so you can have a true look into my mindset as I was going through these things. So let's start with parental rejection. I've probably mentioned this a couple times. I think I have. But um, I basically come from what they call a broken home. My dad and my mom, my biological dad, my biological mom, separated when I was one, I think. Um, And so I lived with my mom primarily. And when I was four, my mom allowed my dad to have me full time for a year. And with moving in with him, um, his girlfriend at the time was living with him and her two daughters. So I was I had a stepmom and two stepsisters, and I did not have a great experience living with them. Um, I won't get too detailed, but um, it just wasn't a good experience. I was not treated well that whole year and I was still a baby I was four um and so I really struggled that whole year with feeling rejected by my stepmom and also feeling rejected by my stepsisters and then I felt rejected by my biological dad because I never saw him like stand up for me or anything so after I moved back with my mom My relationship with my dad was always really rocky until I got really vulnerable with my dad back in 2019 and I told him how much our history hurt me because my relationship with my dad was just like, you know, we would talk on birthdays and holidays and I would maybe maybe talk to him like two or three times a year, really. Um, And I kept in touch that's his side of the family like my grandma my aunt my uncle but he and I just didn't have this great relationship um 
but now we have a really good relationship so thank god for for healing and even though i have a super neutral relationship with my stepmom i also have a good relationship with my brother who just gave me a niece by the way and i cannot wait to meet her but because my parents were separated of course my mom got you know remarried to my stepdad and with that i felt rejection in the sense of feeling like my mom always put everyone else in the family before me at a very young age and my mom got remarried when I was nine years old and then my sister was born when I was 11 so I felt like at a young age I was pushed further and further away from importance and I don't know if that's when the mental illness started but I remember seeing the world in darkness all the time unless I was at summer camp or after school program or at school. And it really fell apart on a day that really made me believe I was forever on my own. My I was home with my stepdad and he had spanked my sister for something I didn't agree with. And I still don't agree with to this day, but who's perfect? But I wanted to stand up for my baby sister and protect her and it backfired on me. Um, my stepdad yelled at me and after he did that I basically shut myself in my room but when my mom got home she didn't even take my side and it hurt a lot and when we all sat down to talk about it my stepdad my stepdad got really angry and loud and I don't think he had ever gotten that aggressive with me before um and they were trying to get me to answer a question I don't remember what the question was but I couldn't answer because I was scared and when I told them that I was scared they were just like scared of what and I still wasn't answering the question and I don't know about anybody else but I know it's very common in African-American households if you do not speak when you are spoken to it's 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 not a good situation so my mom went to go get the belt and I got even more scared so I ran out of our apartment and my mom locked the door behind me and this was at night so it was dark and when I couldn't get back in the door I tried knocking on the patio door and when my mom opened the door she was like if you want to run away then go and I think it was the hardest rejection I'd ever faced in my life now yes of course I got back in the apartment after sitting in the grass because I had nowhere else to go but I still deal with that moment of rejection in in the same journal entry that I mentioned in the last episode where I said I was borderline depressed Um, that was the same journal entry I wrote this. So on February 21st, 2011, so I was 13, I wrote, God, what is wrong with me? Why do I feel so unloved, so unwanted, so small? Why do I feel like my purpose is just to live? Is there even such a thing? Why have I been miserable and why does my level of misery rise? I can tell no one my feelings. Why do I feel so alone? Like no one is on my side. Why don't I ever feel the presence of God? Is it because I have let him down so much that he feels so far? Why do I feel like the only love for me comes from a baby, my sister? Why do I feel so unwanted? Who truly loves me? Why am I always so sad? Ever since they got married, I felt I feel separated from my mom. If I don't feel loved by her, I don't see how it's possible that anyone would love me. I bet she won't care. I told her I would run away and she said go. So why would she care whether I was here or not? If I was gone, they would have more money. Who wouldn't want more money during these times? The truth is, when my parents married, I didn't think my dad really wanted me. I thought, I feel like that free toy that comes 
with cereal boxes. I just came with the package of my mom. And that was only a portion of this long, long journal entry. But from then on, I maintained this mindset because now I didn't have like a real dad and I didn't even have a mom who wanted me in my mind. And I felt like as I got older, this just got worse because they had my younger sister and then they had my youngest sister a couple of years later. I think I was 15 when she was born. Um, No, that's a lie. I don't remember how old I was, but um, I grew up watching my younger sisters get more grace than I did on certain situations or they got apologies that I, you know, didn't get as a kid. And I know if you're an oldest child, you know this feeling because I've talked about this with so many people, but we, we get to watch our younger siblings get things that we, you know, didn't get to experience. And the rejection of a parent, whether intentional or not, is so foundational. And while some kids react by getting bad grades or acting out in school or being promiscuous or doing drugs, I was on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. I was honorable in almost every school year of my life. I freaking lettered in academics. I think I maybe got detention one or twice, but like I never failed a class, never did a drug and still haven't. And all of that was really because I didn't want my parents to have more of a reason to be mad at me. The worst thing I did as a kid was talk on my phone past my phone curfew. And even in that, my mom would tell me like, oh, I know you're not an angel. I know you're not perfect. Cause you know, parents think they know everything. But I was trying so hard to be this angel up until my teenage years. And with all of that came with rejection of myself. As you see in the last journal entry I shared, thinking that my mom and stepdad didn't love me while also feeling like my biological dad didn't want me or wouldn't protect me, I started to talk down on myself. I started to believe that my worth was only in as much as my parents loved me and I started really struggling with self-hatred. I literally used to lay in bed and wish and imagine that God would just scrap me and just start over. I would like lay in my my room at night and imagine waking up with this new life and maybe always growing up in the south instead of moving from New York to Georgia and having this beautiful home instead of living in an apartment and becoming a cheerleader in middle school and having all of these friends because I just felt like I was too broken, too messed up, and too parentless to have a normal life. In my teen years, I felt like Life was just too, my life was just too damaged for repair. And although I believed God because I'd always believed in God, I didn't really have a healthy view of God. I felt like a burden on my parents and they were holy and they were Christian. So it's what my father in heaven must think of me. I felt like God was always mad at me. And I thought that God was so mad at me that even if I pursued thoughts of harming myself, God wouldn't let me into heaven. And I let Satan take hold of my mind and I, it drove me into this fear-based view of God. I felt like every time I messed up, God was waiting for me to mess up so he would just let me die so I would have to go to hell. And that's such a scary view of God. There was another journal entry I wrote just a few years ago in 2019 because changing this view of God is still very new to me, but it also shows, like this journal entry also shows, um, how was I was thinking up until 2019 because honestly it wasn't until this year that things really started to you know shift and now this is October October hold on 
I might be wrong. <laughs> this might be the wrong entry. So this is, oh yeah, it is October. October 21st, 2019. And I wrote, am I a real Christian? I find myself asking that lately. I want so badly to be sure of my salvation, but everyone's views start to confuse me. If I struggle in an area of sin, am I not a Christian? If I don't read my Bible every day as soon as I open my eyes, am I not a Christian? I hate feeling like I'm not good enough. Am I a bad Christian for wanting to be married and experience sex? How is everyone else so sure that they are good enough to go to heaven? I'm so torn between believing that God is this understanding and loving God and believing that God is this angry God who is just waiting to send people to hell. I think I know, but to be honest, I'm not sure that I know. And I just think that's such a a sad way to view Christianity, like wanting to be a Christian, but not sure if you're valid enough for Christianity and wanting to believe and trust God and know that he's loving and understanding, but also not knowing if he's just waiting to send people to hell. And this was all within the same timeline that I was struggling with friendships, struggling with anxiety, struggling with depression, and all of these things that I've discussed in previous episode episodes. And I was just you know, really discuss it with myself. I would literally ask God why he created me and why I was even here. And if I could just go back to talk to teenage Lexi, I would tell her these things that I'm saying to you as the listener. God has so much more for you than the misery misery you're experiencing. Your parents are not God and their mistakes are not a reflection of your value. I don't care if your parent left you. I don't care who or what your parent didn't protect you from. I don't care if you are not accepted by a step-parent. I don't care if your parent is in jail or has another family. Whatever it is, their actions are not a representation of what they think about about you, but it's a representation of what they think about themselves. I would also tell younger Lexi, as I'm telling you, the pain is temporary and the word of God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are God's workmanship and that his grace is sufficient for everything you need in this life. And not because I think so, but because God's word is the infallible truth and his love and grace and mercy is abundant and consistent. When we get to a point where we are rejecting ourselves, it's because we put our validation, our self-worth into someone else's hands. But God says that you are his workmanship. He created man and called him good. And even when we mess up and we do make mistakes or make a bad grade or did that one thing we said we wouldn't do again, the Bible says in Psalm 32, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now that says is. Just a quick grammar lesson from your academic lettering friend. The word is is a state of being verb, meaning that it's continuously happening. Lucky for us, the word of God will not change. So the word will never say blessed was he whose transgressions were forgiven or blessed will be he whose transgression will be forgiven nor will the bible says nor the bible ever say we were his workmanship or we will be his workmanship it doesn't say that we will be his workmanship when we stop sinning or when we get that new job when we read our bibles every day but we are his workmanship now and forever and this is for me as well and i believe i said this before but we when we do not believe these things about ourselves, because it's easier to believe this about other people but when we don't believe it about ourselves we make a liar out of God and we make up and if we make a liar out of God we start to believe the father of lies and that root of rejection bleeds into all other areas of our lives and that's how we get to you know societal or relationship rejection however you want to put it we didn't 
find the validation we need in our parents, we need it in our parents or in ourselves. So we reach out to other people for validation. When it came to me, I was a shy girl as a kid. When I had friends, I wasn't shy at all. And to be honest, my lack of personality (laughs) essentially was just due to not knowing who I was. Because I looked at myself and I saw nothing good in me. So I am in school and I didn't have the life I dreamed of. I wasn't a cheerleader. I didn't join any clubs. I wasn't like these kids that I saw in the Disney Channel movies and the Nick movies. I didn't get my license at 16 or have a car. I live in an apartment that honestly, truly no one in my family liked. So I didn't really have friends over. I had a few few friends here and there, but I was lonely and Then, as I mentioned before, I started randomly losing friends. So I started pursuing relationship with boys. That was that was my boy filler. And I had about seven, we'll say seven so-called boyfriends between the ages of 10 and 16. Now, I say so-called because at 10, are we really boyfriend and girlfriend? Probably not. Um, But this was all prior to when my parents said that I could date. And each and every time these boys would cut me off or stop talking to me or break up with me, it felt like the end of the world. And I would lash out or break down because I didn't have any value enough in myself to think that there was more for me outside of these little boys, little boys. And when I wasn't mature enough to know, and and then I wasn't mature enough to know um, that I needed to heal from that. So I kept that habit up through the rest of my relationships. And even, you know, when I got to college and then I get to college and I start getting to know myself, forming my own opinions. And I realized that literally everything in this life gets you rejected. Everything. I was rejected for being too Christian and waiting for marriage. I was rejected for not being Christian enough. I was rejected for being too well behaved, but I was also rejected for being too crazy. And I was rejected at my church for years. Thought I healed from it and find out years later that most of that rejection was intentional. And then I had to relive that rejection because being outcasted at a place you thought was safe came second to the parental rejection. That hurt. And in my mind, the holiest of people, the holiest of people thought something was wrong with me. And that meant I'm unholy, that something's wrong with me, that they can, the Holy Spirit is telling them something about me that I don't even know. That's how I felt. And there were times I thought it was better to end my life than have to accept the rejection again. And then having to accept the rejection after thinking I was healing was a process. And the one thing that sucks is thinking you've healed from something and being triggered again. Like in December of last year, I think it was December, December, January, something like that. I met this guy and I tried to meet up with him just as friends at, at an event we were going to because, um, yeah, but I tried to, <laughs> I was going to say some more details, but I'm not going to go into that. But I was trying to uh, meet up with him at an event and because of a professional connection we had, he didn't want to. And at first I thought it was weird. I was like, what? But then it just started to hurt a little bit because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute why though? (laughs) Why, why is it that big of a deal to you? And I, first I thought it was, you know, really weird. And, um, then I was like, you don't have a reason to reject me. And I thought maybe 
Maybe it's because I'm unattracted to him. Or maybe it's because I'm boring. Or maybe he has a girlfriend he hasn't told me about. And he thinks I'm trying to, like, get with him. And maybe I'm just making myself look stupid by asking him to meet up. And he has, like, this whole other life, you know, with this girl. But anyway, I slipped back into this habit of, like, self-rejection. And finding all of these reasons to reject myself because of what someone else thinks or, you know, what someone else did to me. That's what I always did, right? And when I got to this point, I really prayed because it really upset me for like a good three weeks. Like I was like so confused and so hurt for maybe three weeks to a month. And I hated that because it really wasn't that big of a deal. And I knew that, but it showed me that I still get triggered by rejection. And now, you know, we're pretty cool. Like there's no beef with him. There's no shade. Like, you know, we're we're actually really cool, but... Even to this day, you know, I do get triggered. I get triggered when I walk into new environments and people aren't super friendly when they meet me. I get triggered when I say something and no one cares, but someone else says the same thing and all of a sudden it seems so profound. I get triggered when people don't, you know, well, people I value, not everybody, but when people I value don't invite me to important events in their lives or when my mom excludes me, when the family is going out, whether it's intentional or not. And I've talked to her about that. So it's all good. But it's really like, ma'am, am I not your child? Like, shouldn't I be included in this? But anyway, there are all of these little tiny things I feel, you know, rejected in because it is so deeply rooted. And it seems like Every time I think I'm fine, I'm not. But what I do know is that by strengthening my relationship with Christ, I began to get the tools I needed to know, one, what could trigger me, and two, how to rewire my brain to not always let the enemy convince me that my worth is in this moment of rejection. Because, um, you know, whether I'm being rejected as a friend, a daughter, or a family member, because, you know, to be honest, I've been rejected by family too. And that's another topic. But um, I'm all of these things to God. And his grace will always be sufficient, even when I don't feel it in the very moment. I'm God's daughter. I'm a friend of God. I'm God's family. So I find my security more in that, even when I don't feel it. So I think this is like a good segue into... You know, season two being about relationship topics. And um, I believe so many relationship issues we face, or even singleness issues we face, are rooted in rejection, whether it's parental rejection or relationship rejection or self-rejection or all of the above, all at once. But once we get to the root of that, we start to heal and we start to bear new fruit. So yeah, just as a reminder... We are going to be taking a few weeks off the podcast as we head into season two. We're starting season two with a bang, though. So just letting you know right now, be prepared. The projected date for season two is June 23rd. Um, Until then, you will see some overviews of previous episodes, more conversations on the Instagram page, which is journal.podcast. And you will see a change in content as well as the look of the content. I'm trying to get better at um posting and being more consistent yada 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 um but yeah all of that and more so until next time can't wait to write live with you again have a good week